37th parallel on America's haunted highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. What's up, everybody? Welcome to possibly the least energetic episode of Pixelated Paranormal. We've done it a long time. I, of course, am Sean. I am just completely dead-ass tired. With me, as always, is Preston, a bundle of energy himself. Fuck <laughs> ever, dude. Fuck you. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm running on like four hours of sleep, and I've been sick with the same fucking... Corona cousin kissing licking <laughs> something flu virus that the doctor's like, just stop being a pussy about it. You'll get over in about 10 days. Well, you fucking liar. It's been 14 days and I still can't breathe out my goddamn nose. So obviously. Has it been 14? I think it's just been a week, hadn't it? Because we. No, it's it's been 14. Oh, wow. Damn, dude. I just, I just started throwing up mucus and stuff uh, <laughs> oh, last okay. Monday. Uh, yeah, it's progressively just getting worse. So, Damn, you know, fuck, fuck it. I'm here. Yeah, you're here. Lazarus is here. He's <laughs> <Ken's> all here. <laughs> uh, fuck, there's you know three of us. There we go. Fuck it. Yep. Yeah, buddy, it's gonna be fast and loose on this one here because uh, I too uh, am running on four hours of sleep. I think I went to bed about one thirty. Had to get up at five thirty. Uh, drove almost three hours to Tulsa. Set through a seven-hour lecture and then drove almost three hours back home. <laughs> so I am mushy in the brain. I, I had it set up because, you know, my work today, we had inventory, but I had to take my son to school, which means uh, to be able to get to mm -hmm. on work on time before they start counting. I had to get up at, like, 6 a.m., and I'm a night owl, so my brain doesn't shut down till mm -hmm. like, 1 or 2. And uh, last night, it was, like, midnight, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to bed. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna be an adult. I'm gonna get I'm yeah. gonna get rested. I gotta get up. I gotta you know, I gotta put on put on fancy clothes, I gotta put on some smell good stuff, gotta brush my beard down, I gotta look professional. And uh <clears throat> fifteen disturbing facts you never knew about ancient Egyptians and uh their uh, health practices. And I'm like, fuck, I fifteen? <laughs> well shit, let's go ahead and watch this. And then I'm like, wait a minute. You're telling me that the Bible has lied to me the whole entire time, saying that they were the first people to circumcise wow. themselves? Uh-uh. Egypt Egyptians been doing that shit because, you know, out in the desert, it's all, like, swamp-ass and hot, and so they're, like, you know, and sand gets up in your dick skin, so they got to, like, Yikes. cut it out um, so that you're healthy. And I'm just like, fuck, I learned shit that I didn't even know, and then all of a sudden it was like... 2.40 in the morning, and I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> Oopsie-daisies. Uh, I, I should go to yep. bed. We went, uh, we went out last night and watched the Gaslight Anthem do a show here in Wichita, which is a fucking awesome concert. And then, uh, yeah, I got home and thought, hey, why not watch The um, Son of Frankenstein? It's only an hour and 40 minutes long, and <laughs> then my puppy wanted to eat at like 1.30 at night. Anyway, Lazarus said he didn't show up here to watch Sissy Whiny Hour. So we won't waste any more time. Um, we promised monsters on this episode. That's not happening. Um, but we'll talk about some cool stuff anyway. Yeah. 
Well, before we kick off the rest of the news, I want to drop a couple recommendations here. Um, first of all, anybody who has Hulu, check out this new movie that dropped called No One Will Save You. It's an alien abduction film or alien invasion film. Pretty fucking fun. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Preston, have you watched it yet? No. I still haven't watched oh, Horse damn. Grill. Also on Netflix, yeah, check out whatever. Horse Grill, another phenomenal film. Um, also, Shayla just showed me this show um, hours before we recorded. There's a new four-part docu-series called Encounters on Netflix, and it's a series that explores, you know, mass UFO sightings over the last 50 years. Um, first episode covers the Stevensville, Texas UFO sighting from back in 2008. Uh, I won't ruin much, but basically it's a case of like over 300 different residents in this area of Texas all witnessed um, a series of UFOs up in the sky over the course of several days. Um, this town, which pretty much wasn't on the map for anything other than being like the world capital of milk production, <laughs> found itself in headlines oh. across the U.S. for having a bunch of UFO sightings. So pretty awesome. Apparently one of the crafts was the size of a Walmart, they said. Yeah. What? <laughs> I don't, I don't believe that. Well, first up in the news, a Pennsylvania man has struck out in his attempt to bring his emotional support animal to the Philadelphia Phillies baseball game because his emotional support animal was an alligator. Joey Henney went to the Citizens Bank Park on Wednesday, hoping to see the Phillies beat Pittsburgh Pirates, but he wasn't alone. Along with him was Wally Gator, his five-foot-long alligator that Henny adopted back in 2015 and has since made into a popular animal on Instagram and TikTok. Henny and Wally hooked up after a friend of Henny's in Florida asked if he would help relocate a group of alligators whose homes were destroyed because of land development. Since then, Henny took Wally into his York County home, and they've been a happy pair ever since. Well, I'll be damned. Yeah, apparently you can't take alligators on leashes into baseball games. And I don't disagree with that because as much as you want to believe it, I still can't look at an alligator and imagine that it's not trying to bite my damn head off. He's going to believe. <laughs> well, up. It's all about the love the love that you true. give it. You know, if you give it love, it won't That's bite your true. fucking That's head off. True. Well, up next, scientists have finally determined why wild boars in Germany are still showing high signs of radioactivity ever since Chernobyl. And as we know with Chernobyl, the explosion, um, cesium-137 should typically have a half-life of like, what, like 30 years or something like that. Well, basically, there's a boatload of wild boars that are still showing abnormally high levels of radiation, and they can't figure out why they, among the rest of the flora and fauna, still have such high amounts of radiation. Well, this has to do with the diets of these wild boars. Now, of course, we all know Chernobyl was one of the worst man-made disasters occurring since 1986, with high levels of radiation just littering the area and, of course, everything downstream. Well, the mystery may be solved as to why these boars are still so highly radioactive, and the answer is something as simple as truffles. A large area of Europe, including Bavaria in southwestern Germany, was affected by nuclear fallout after the Ukrainian power plant exploded almost 40 years ago. Elements from the reactor, such as cesium-137, can survive for decades, 
and it doesn't hit its half-life for approximately 30 years. That may seem like a long time, but don't forget, cesium-135 has a half-life of 2.3 million years. Anyway, Chernobyl-related contaminants in a variety of species have dropped in Bavarian forests over the past six decades. Scientists, however, have not seen a decrease in radioactivity levels in boars. Now again, since cesium-137 has a half-life of 30, there is a confusion as to why boars continue to show such high levels of contamination. Well, now there's even a new term for this phenomenon called the wild boar paradox. To determine the reason for this paradox, scientists have examined the bodies of 48 different wild boars in 11 Bavarian districts from the two-year span of 2019 into early 2021. Blah, 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 blah. During the testing, radioactivity from Chernobyl led to the buildup of contaminants and fungi, including deer truffles. That's a special diet of boar. So apparently, it's not necessarily the fungi that's, you know, this radioactive, but just the dirt in the area is still so toxic that it's growing out wild mushrooms, causing your boars to damn near glow in the dark. Researchers have used samples of the soil from Chernobyl and Fukushima in addition to human lung tissue from the 1960s, um, from 1960s Austria. They compare them to the isotopic fingerprint on the boar meat, and the lung tissue showed signs of contamination from the Cold War nuclear weapons testing. The weapons were not detonated at the study site, in, indicating that fallout from the nuclear test traveled all the way into the atmosphere. Holy shit, Preston, it's like Fallout 76, buddy. Mm, yeah. In Faithorne, Michigan, a two-year-old girl who walked away from her home in Michigan's Upper Peninsula alongside two family dogs was recently found in the woods just hours later sleeping on one of the smaller dogs like a furry pillow. Police said that she laid down and used one of the dogs as a pillow, and the other dog laid next to her to keep her safe and warm. It's truly a remarkable story. Troopers used drones and police dogs in the search, while local police and citizens from both Michigan and the adjacent Wisconsin helped look for the girl in the remote wooded area after she had disappeared. Troopers from Michigan State's police, Iron Mountain, had posted up and had been called to the home of a Faithhorn area Minnie County around 8 p.m. Wednesday after the girl wandered away. After midnight, a citizen on the ATV found, sorry, after midnight, a citizen on an ATV found the girl about three miles away from her home, otherwise safe. She was checked out by medical personnel and found to be in good health. Faithhorn is an unincorporated village located just east of Wisconsin on the state line. So thank goodness for her puppies. But that's kind of wild, man. I wonder how long it took this little girl to walk three miles. I imagine I could probably boost three miles in about half an hour. But, um, yeah, thank goodness for those puppers, huh? That's a heartwarming story. <laughs> Our main story tonight, delving into the realm of Missing 411 comes from WBIR, Channel10News.com. This, of course, is a story of Dennis Martin, a case that captivated the nation. It's been the biggest National Park search and rescue operation of all time, and yet still nobody knows what happened to Dennis. In Great Smoky Mountains National Park, one of the most mysterious missing child cases that's happened in Tennessee is still unsolved after 54 years later. 
Dennis Lloyd Martin, six years old, almost seven, vanished in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. Some people figured he was kidnapped. Others reckoned he got lost and disoriented in the woods. But a few select others imagine a fate possibly far worse. To this day, though, nobody knows what truly happened. A few months ago, the Federal Bureau of Investigation publicly released Dennis Lloyd Martin's case file from the vault. It includes a 133-page document. The FBI held these files for decades. They were released due to relentless, persistent Freedom of Information Act requests placed by investigator and author Michael Bouchard. Now, Bouchard said that the FBI denied his Freedom of Information request three times before finally releasing the information to the public back in 2022. The FBI documentation provides new details into the mystery of the case. The whole story starts in the summer of 1969 in Spencefield, back on June 14th. Todd Matthews said, I've always thought of that case. You know, when I say my young children and grandchildren reach that age, you know, you think that, you know, you think that, you know, this could possibly be a person that you know who goes missing. Matthews is a former director of National Missing and Unidentified Persons System, or also a.k.a. Name Us. It's a national database that keeps track of people missing across the country. Anyway, Dennis Martin was one of the first names on the list. It's a name that they've never been able to take off. If Namus is properly used, I think we can drastically cut down on the missing and unidentified persons cases, even some of the older ones, says Matthews. According to the National Park Service Incident Report, Dennis was last spotted at 4.30 p.m. on the night of June 14, 1969. He had been on a camping trip with the family for Father's Day weekend, and he was wearing a red shirt. Now, according to the incident report, Dennis had been playing a game of hide-and-seek. He was out of sight for just a few minutes, and shortly after, minutes then turned into hours. Spencefield is nestled just off the Appalachian Trail. Martin's family members hiked for miles in search of Dennis by 8.30 p.m., those family members hiked nearly six miles to the nearest ranger station in Cades Cove to alert the authorities of his disappearance. Now that night, as these stories often have, a rainstorm delayed the search efforts, and that's something we see a lot of, this weird pattern of anytime somebody goes missing, especially children, just torrential downpours hit and just kind of ruin any search effort you know, washing away any trails of footprints, taking some of the scent away from dogs who are actively trying to find people. The rain, I'm sure of it, made it hard to travel on foot. The people that were looking for the remains or whatever was left makes it harder to track, said Matthews. Searchers from all over came into hell, both trained and untrained. NPS reports show nearly every inch of the mile radius that Dennis vanished had been walked by volunteers. At the peak of the search, 1,400 people showed up to look for Dennis, the biggest National Park search of all time. Liz Hall, the Great Smoky Mountain National Park's emergency manager, said, actually in the history of search and rescue in the United States in general, this was a very large search and rescue effort. Hall said the number of people was detrimental to the effort. From Dennis Martin, we learned that more resources isn't necessarily going to be the right answer, she said. 
Hall went on to explain that many people could trample over evidence and miss things that more trained eyes could have spotted. Hundreds of rescue crews, hikers, clubs, Boy Scouts, sheriff's offices, firefighters, and community members showed up to help. The Red Cross provided food, helicopters, and canine units were also deployed to help the search. Now, according to the NPS report, the final cost of the search banked $50,000 worth of resources. That was in 1969, so if you compare that to the cost of inflation, we're talking about $415,000 worth of resources in today's money. By June 25th, 11 days after the disappearance, the case expanded nationwide. Bouchard shared the documents obtained by his Freedom of Information Act request through the FBI, and he says, I have a letter that one of the Martin family members sent to Richard Nixon. That's how big we're talking. This wasn't just like some small case. This was a nationwide case. But that's not the only act. The FBI holds dozens of letters exchanged between the Martin family and other representatives pleading for federal help. Now, the Martin family insisted the FBI step in to help with investigators. But strangely enough, the FBI said in the reports it only steps in if there is proof of foul play. Now, meanwhile, a number of rumors began to make the rounds as the days ticked by with no real evidence of what happened to Martin. In Bouchard's book, The Disappearance of Dennis Lloyd Martin, Lost in the Great Smoky Mountains, he outlines a number of strange theories that the town was talking about. Now, these theories are known as lost and disoriented, abduction, suspicion, eaten by animals, a serial killer, or mystery not worth a buck. The NPS wrapped up the search for Martin on June 29, 1969. Matthews said, I know they wanted to find him alive, but no trace was ever found. I mean, nothing. The mystery theory supports the mystical and also unknown factors, but he calls these to be very far-fetched. An example, the first one, is that he has to have been kidnapped by Bigfoot. And I hate to be a bomber in this game, but there's no such thing as Bigfoot, Bouchard goes on to say. I don't know, Bouchard. If you watch the video from earlier in this episode, you might change your tune. Yeah, Bigfoot, uh, you know, is, uh, 100, has a 120-pound head. It is uh, fucking, like, frozen and uh, uh, has corrugated <laughs> plastic in his neck, you know? I mean, to his credit, the idea of something having a head that weighs 125 pounds is fucking terrifying. And I don't even think that would kidnap a kid. It would just probably eat it in one foul swoop, you know, just one big old chomp and bite. So, you know, there is that ongoing theory with uh, 411 that if you look back at some of the earlier cases where you have eyewitness accounts of seeing the victim being, like, you know, taken away, that they were abducted by, like, a Bigfoot-like creature. And there's this idea that, um, you know, Bigfoot needs... Like, the, the breeding population mm -hmm. is not that good. And uh, so, you know, like, when you get an island, like a small island of people, so let's go back, like, uh, where is it, like, over by the Philippines where they found the hobbit? And they get into the caves, and basically every subsequent generation of these bones that they end up digging up, like, later on mm -hmm. down the line you start to see this degradation in DNA and they start to get more, you know, malformed and they start to have more issues. And then all of a sudden they just kind of go extinct. 
And so this idea that, you know, hey, there's not a lot of Bigfoots out there and they got to get some uh, they got to get some good DNA back into the system because there are a bunch of cousin, sister, brother lovers going on and uh, Bigfoot's getting bigger foreheads and a lower IQ. So we got to add some good DNA. So they're stealing Mm. people and forcing them to mate with the tribe so they can get good DNA back in the Very stock. similar to the so. idea of the aliens and the hybrid um, experiments and stuff like that, hybrid programs. Huh. It's yeah, kind of like where Jesse's little, like, walking Petri dishes that are just good for, like, one thing, and that's repopulation. <laughs> <laughs> Bigfoot, like, you know, you can just imagine, like, you know, you or I, because there was reports of uh, this guy up in mm-hmm. the wilderness, right? He's like in his 40s and he's like this experienced hunter. And it, like the Bigfoot comes in in the middle of the night and like rips into his tent, throws this guy over his back. And so he's like, well, I figured since it seemed like it was a bear and it smelled bad, you know, the best thing to do was go ahead and play dead for a little bit. And I just let it carry me. <laughs> and about a day and a half later, it dropped me off in the clearing. And there was, uh, I don't know, it was two naked female Bigfoots, and I got the impression that he was just like, my name's Buck, yeah. and I'm here to fuck. And uh, I was just like, I, I don't know. I don't know if I want to stick my dick in that or not. But I also didn't want to die, so I was like, well, when in Rome, <laughs> you know, what else am I going to do? Might as well be the meat between these two big old pieces of bread, huh? Yeah. (laughs) So Bouchard doesn't like the idea of a big old Bigfoot carrying away Martin, and that's fine. He also said the serial killer theory was a common rumor. However, the FBI files proved this wasn't a viable theory because there's only one serial killer that was active in that time, but it was actually shortly after the disappearance of Martin. But I don't know. I mean, maybe that was a test run. We don't know. He goes on to say that taken by animals, that's the most likely causation of the disappearance. It's a semi-plausible thing, but, you know, maybe not really, because if something really big would have to have taken him, there could have been some kind of proof. So the FBI's records from the vault show a man at the search quickly becoming suspicious. That's where the suspicious man theory is born. If you look at everything, the suspicious man the suspicious man even in the U.S. Coast Guard, the search and rescue guide under FBI and NPS reports, they have this suspicious man. That's just redundant as all hell. Holy shit. Bouchard said that he reached out directly to the man identified as, quote-unquote, the suspicious man, but couldn't get a hold of him. Couldn't get a hold of him. Since information is redacted from the FBI file reports, it's not easy to figure out his true name. The FBI replied that they discreetly established that this was a man who had not been present in the park on the day of the disappearance, thus laying this theory to rest as well. So the public's minds go elsewhere, Bouchard said, to the two most plausible theories, abduction or simply that he was lost in the mountains. Being one of the most massive park searches ever, there was a lot of people that said they're not finding anything, which makes me almost like... Was he ever even really there, says Matthews. If Dennis had been abducted, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children would release an age progression photo later that would show Dennis to look about 50 years older. It's important to realize that this is not a portrait, this is just an approximation. But Bouchard believes abduction is most likely the causation. He says there's not enough evidence to prove that there was ever an abduction, but he just wasn't there. 
The FBI agrees with him, and reports from 1969 said there have been absolutely nothing to indicate this had ever occurred. Could this have actually been faked? In fact, the FBI repeatedly refused to get involved due to the lack of evidence of foul play at all. They said if you look at the woods, especially in that area, you could disappear within a couple of footsteps and never be found. The thickness of the GSMNP is not changed in the last 55 years, but the methods of search and rescue have. The Dennis Martin case has changed everything prior to Dennis Martin, and we weren't familiar with really regimented searches and rescue practices in the time that he disappeared. So now we go out into the woods. Sorry. So we went out into the woods and did our best to look for him, the best we could, but didn't actually have a pragmatic and systematic way of addressing where he may have been. Based on a course called the last person behavior, we identified the areas based on activity that they were engaged in that the person might be located in as well. With all this information, they hoped to prevent something like Dennis Martin's case from ever happening again, but thus far to this day, there's still no leads on what exactly happened to him on that fateful day. So Preston, what do you think about all this, man? Do you think it's more than likely that he was abducted, you know, way back in the late 60s by some kind of pervert? Do you think he just fell down, hit his head, disappeared in a hole? What do you think, man? My my biggest issue with the the missing four one one phenomenon is that I think there's multiple mm-hmm. things going on um, because not some of the cases have similarities and some of the cases don't. So you look at some of the cases where the um, so you go to like pick up the trail and they bring out dogs and they try to find the scent and then in one case the you know, the sense picked up five miles, 10 miles outside of a normal travel mm-hmm. radius for a small child or whatever it is. Um, and then there's this methodical stacking of the clothes where you find the child's body. There's, um, you mm-hmm. know, and they're naked. So the clothes are stacked up and they're stacked up in a very neat pile. So you have like, you know, the shirt on bottom that's neatly folded. Then you have the pants that are on top that are neatly folded and then the underwear. And then you have the socks and then you have the shoes on top of that. Um, But then there's no sign of rape. There's no sign of any type of, uh, you know, where blood was drawn. um, If they were like murdered with a weapon like bludgeoning anything like that there's no there's no sign of any type of murder going on so then it's chalked up to um you know the 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 child died of hypothermia or you know exposure to the elements and then if you if it's a hunter um mm-hmm. same thing the you know they'll they'll search within 5 or 6 miles never find anything and then all of a sudden a year later They'll find the body naked up in a tree to where that person shouldn't have been able to climb up in that tree. But at the bottom of the tree, the clothes are methodically folded. And then you have other like missing 411 where there is no sign of, of the body. There's no sign of the clothes. There's no sign of a trail. And then all of a sudden, like six years later, the past, you know, the, the search party, they, they were in and out of there so much. And like this, this area was hit. And then all of a sudden they find one piece of the bone, but there was nothing else. But they searched mm-hmm. there. Like, they hit that area so hard they should have found that body, but they didn't. So it's like whatever happened, like the killer or whatever it was brought it back. And 
but the the mo is it's if it's always a small child and that small child always has some type of like um i don't want to say deformity but there's an ailment mm-hmm. going on whether they are autistic whether there is a mental retardation going on whether the child is blind whether the child cannot hear um if it's an adult um the adult is always like you know 40s 50s always male um they're always isolated so it's an experienced hunter but that experienced hunter went off from the group and then was isolated by themselves so there there's i think multiple phenomenons going on to where i uh, you can't say that you know it was oh it was some pervo Mm -hmm. out in the forest if it was some pervo out in the forest then why you know how was the how was the scent from the dogs misled like that how could that child get so far out of what they say is possible for a child to walk um how can they how how can adult male who weighs 190 pounds be carried up a 500 you know 500 foot tall tree or whatever it is um you know some of these things just don't really add up to where it's a human perpetrator that there's some extra extraterrestrial bigfoot you know fucking you know Old Lady Gaga, Baba, whatever, Baba, Baba Yaga in the forest. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Fucking Baba, Baba Yaga Ganesh. is like, some shit's happening. Oh, <laughs> my God. That's hilarious. Yeah, I know there was a story not too long ago, like maybe a year ago, about that kid named Riker Webb. I don't know if anybody remembers that, but he was somebody who went and disappeared for like 48 hours. Um, there's tons of these stories, man. There's another one we talked about back in like, 2019 this three-year-old kid disappeared and like they searched the area they couldn't find him they researched the area they couldn't find him and then after like almost two and a half days later this kid's found after everyone's pretty much giving up hope and when they talk to this three-year-old kid he's in good spirits he's kind of hungry and they're like hey like where were you what's going on and he's like oh you know i got lost in the a bear found me and kept me company. And like, there's no trace of a bear, but this three-year-old toddler just, you know, swears that he found some furry little creature who kept him company and kept him warm. And then whenever people, you know, finally found him and he heard human voices, this thing like scuttled off into the woods and he just swore that, yeah, he found a furry little friend to kind of keep him company in the woods. Yeah, I don't know. I think we got to dive more into some more of these missing 411s, man. I think I've got now, uh, gosh, one, two, three, four, five books in this series. And it's been a while since we did a deep dive. Tonight's was a little lazy just because I am completely mushy brained. But we got to do another series of yeah. uh, investigations uh, into those. Melody, uh, Melody is uh, following us on uh, yeah. Facebook tonight. She says, uh, Thank you guys. I need to catch up on your podcast. Did you say you're not on Apple anymore? Um, so Melody, we are on Apple, but we had to get a new mm-hmm. feed. Uh, so if uh, you research us back on Apple Podcasts, you'll see that uh, there is a second pixelated paranormal podcast. So that's our new feed. Uh, just resubscribe to that. Uh, we greatly appreciate uh, you being able to catch up on all the stuff that we've probably dropped because I think the old feed stopped at uh, episode. 190 episode no um so melody if (laughs) this is where it gets confusing 
we used to have our show on Apple that was labeled The Pixelated Paranormal Podcast, which stops at episode 251 with an episode called The Big Announcement and some vampire stuff, too. Like Presto said, basically things came to an end at our old network and we had to re-upload every single episode into a brand new stream. So we're everywhere. We're still on Google, Apple, Amazon, everything. It's just now called Pixelated Paranormal. It's no longer called The Pixelated Paranormal Podcast. Um, if you jump on there, the most recent episode is going to be called Slow News Day September. And then, of course, tonight's episode will be on there, too. But yeah, yeah, we're up to like 296 episodes. Um, with all the specials we've uploaded, we're clear over like 300 episodes now. So... Yeah, jump on there and give us a follow. I might even uh, post a link to that new um, Apple thread on Facebook. That's kind of lazy on our part. But, um, yeah, we'll get back on there. But, yeah. Way to yeah. go, Amateur. We started doing some Facebook Live stuff because Preston uh, is way smarter than I am and got all that figured out. And, uh, yeah, thrilling stuff. We're still at it, though. Uh, eight years strong now. And, Dobbs, you peach, you shut your mouth. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Good stuff. All right, guys. Well, we still love you, buddy. We got to call this one now because um, uh. I'm about to fall asleep. I almost fell asleep driving home, actually. But we want to thank everybody, as always, for jumping oh. on. And uh, I think Presto and I should be well rested and caught up with work stuff by next week. So we'll make it up to you guys. We'll have some bigger episodes and some real spooky shit. Um, this will be the last episode of September. So, I mean, shit, we're in October season, y'all. We're going to go with monsters and aliens and ghosts and everything else. But, um, and uh, I don't want to spoil it, but I might actually have a Halloween surprise mm. because um, my brother-in-law texted the wife and I mm. the other day and was uh, like, what are you guys doing in October? And I'm like, I don't know. What are you doing? <laughs> and uh, uh, he's, uh, you know, crashing our... Uh, anniversary plans and we're gonna meet up and uh do something fun mm. overnight in texas that's all i'm gonna say use your imagination it's october and it's gonna be overnight so you can put two and five together and get you know meth 12. yeah that sounds fun yeah <laughs> man i still gotta go through yeah. the findings and the audio that uh, we got from when dobbs and i and shayla and hillary uh spent the night at that uh, haunted house up there in, uh, gosh, where was that, Iowa? Just right above Nebraska. We spent the night in one of those uh, little mansions. and uh, I got one thing out of the entire night, but I bet Dobbs has some pretty cool stuff, hopefully. Fingers crossed. But Anyway, we want to thank everybody for joining us and watching along. Melody, thanks for checking in as well. We appreciate you. Um, if you guys have anything you want to send us, we're coming up on our big 300th official episode at the end of October. We'd love to do some more listener stories. I think we got about four or five already sitting in the chamber. And also, I'll, uh, I'll post up for some Q&A. We like to do some uh, Ask Us Anything Q&A questions, too. So if you guys got any Q&A questions you want to ask us, fire away. Let us know. Nothing's off limits. Uh, we'll answer all the questions. But uh, if you want to send us in an email. Unless, uh, unless you ask us who likes to be on top or bottom, and we're going to leave that up to the imagination. Because <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, we, don't, we don't kiss and tell. <laughs> we will answer your question with another question. If you want to send us in an email, you can do so to pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. If you want to give us a voicemail, you can do that to our Google Voice, 913-662-3144. 
you can shoot us a DM, you can slide up into our PMs, whatever you'd like to do. Just make sure you tell us if you want to remain anonymous, just tell us in the beginning, hey, don't use my name, um, or you can use a fake name or whatever. It doesn't bother us. I mean, we just want to share some stories. We like all the spooky shit, and uh, October is the perfect time for it. If you're on Instagram, follow us at PXL Paranormal. On Facebook, we are The Pixelated Paranormal Podcast. Preston, what do you got, pal? Uh, we're at 276 on YouTube, <gasps> so if you're watching and following us on YouTube, like, subscribe, share, smash that fucking spooky button, and uh, follow us for more content. Uh, we're still sitting at 10 on Rumble, so if uh, you're into conspiracies and uh, everything kooky and crazy, uh, yeah, give us a, your support. Yeah. Like and subscribe and smash that uh crazy conspiracy button over on rumble <laughs> and if uh you're the i don't know one odd person that's listening to podcasts on the kick platform yeah. we have only one follower on <laughs> kick so why don't you uh, go mm. ahead and uh i will let you in on the little secret of the theme here like subscribe and smash that goddamn button <laughs> um real quick before i get uh i get to our uh, sweet baby cake alan um, Beth in HR, it's her birthday today. Um, she's, I'm not going to tell you how old she is. She might kill me, but <laughs> Beth, happy yeah, birthday. Yeah, happy birthday, Beth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good, good stuff. And then, uh, yep. If, uh, look, you know, if you go back to, uh, the earlier part of this episode and, uh, you click the, and you're watching that video on that, uh, decapitated Bigfoot head and you're like, Man, that thing looks nasty. <laughs> that thing looks uh, a little decrepit. That What? That thing weighs 120 pounds? How is that possible? Well, I'll tell you why that's possible. Because that stupid decapitated Bigfoot head, that scuzzy-looking man-main thing that it's got going on, it's got dirt, it's got shit, it doesn't, doesn't probably smell good, it probably smells like death. You know what? If that decapitated Bigfoot head would have went over to BigDobsBeardBomb.com and used promo code PXLPARA for 20% off its order and probably got some scents like Bay Rum, Fretress Scent, Mint, Classic. I'm thinking like that Bigfoot head probably should have rocked Mint or Classic, maybe a little bit of sweet tobacco. You know what? People wouldn't be questioning that it's a fake Bigfoot head with a incredibly small childlike penis it might be like that's a man <laughs> right there that's a man that smells good that's a man that i would like to run my fingers through its beard so get it all and get it at dobbs and use promo code pxl p-a-r-a for 20 percent off your order again get it all get it at dobbs big dobbs Beardbomb.com, baby. Mm -hmm. Man, what was a supersized promo? <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> well, uh, guys, thanks so much for listening. If you're in the Wichita area, please stop by see our dear friend Leslie and the rest of the gang at Wichita CD Trade Post, uh, Pawnee and Seneca. If you're looking for some delicious little munchies, check out the Paranormal Egg Experience food truck or Paranormal.cafe. Stop by and see our friends over there. And with that, I'm going to raise this uh, highball glass of water and say cheers to the weird shit in the world and those of us that love to talk about it. Stay spooky and stay on the paranormal highway. The cast that Pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. 
Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown. Tales that will move you a little further down the paranormal highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. Email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange.